Hello and welcome to the Proximo Energy and Infrastructure Podcast. This is your host, Thomas Hopkins, reporting to you from London. Last week was a jam-packed week at Proximo, and I would like to draw your attention to a few key pieces of content before moving on to our news segment. I can highly recommend three feature-length pieces published this week. The first is Multi-Asking by Proximo editor Sean Keating. In the article, Keating considers the fact that Latin America comprises multiple and often very different domestic project finance markets, where local knowledge is a prerequisite for best practice project delivery. Proximo talks to four members of the Latin America's team at TMF Group about their perspectives on post-pandemic project financing in Brazil, Uruguay and Argentina. Also worth reading this week is Keating's Proximo Weekly article entitled What Does Transition Really Mean?, in which he discusses the complexities of the energy transition as discussed at the Proximo Europe 2021 Infrastructure and Renewables Finance event last week. Finally, Jack Collier's piece, OECD Consensus, Updated or Outdated, published this week, assesses whether or not the OECD consensus remains appropriate for today's project and export markets. I would also like to take a moment to highlight our upcoming virtual executive business meeting, Proximo Chile, financing the transition in energy and infrastructure. Chile has long led Latin America in infrastructure procurement and is now set to lead the region in facilitating the energy transition. It boasts a 25-year history of project finance, proven concession structures, and has attracted record low bids on renewable energy procurements. It combines vibrant local bank and capital markets with strong interests from overseas banks and investors. The country has faced recent challenges in making infrastructure more responsive to popular priorities, and the demands of decarbonisation will be immense. But Chile's strong recent track record in project finance means it is still the market to watch. Big-name financial and strategic sponsors are still very active in the country, and Chile is still developing new and promising financing structures. To find out more about Chile's role in financing the transition in energy and infrastructure, apply to attend as soon as possible to avoid missing out on this exciting content. Lastly, let's give you a roundup of the best news stories brought in by Proximo's journalists over the last week. Uzbekistan has issued RFPs to 12 prospective developers for a 100-megawatt wind farm in the Autonomous Republic of Karakalpakstan. Responses are due by July. The competitive process is being held by the Ministry of Energy and aims to pick an independent power producer, or IPP, that will be tasked with the development, financing, construction and operation of the power plant and related infrastructure. The RFQs were released in September 2020, with qualification applications due by 10 November. The tender is being supported by the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. It backs Uzbekistan's goal to produce 25% of its total electricity from renewable energy sources by 2030 and a plan to deploy up to 3 gigawatts of wind power capacity by the same year. The European Commission has approved the Polish scheme to support offshore wind technology, noting that it enabled the country to meet its renewables targets without unduly distorting competition. The aid will be granted in the form of a two-way contract for difference premium during 25 years, but up to 100,000 full load hours per megawatt of installed capacity. Under this model, this variable premium is calculated as the difference between the reference price and the market price for electricity. Beneficiaries will receive payments equal to the difference between the two prices when the market price is above the reference price, but will have to pay the state when the reverse position occurs. The scheme will roll out in two phases. In the first phase of the scheme, offshore projects will be granted aid using the exception to the auction requirement due to the existence of a very limited number of projects. 
the reference price for projects in the first phase will be administratively fixed based on their costs. After obtaining the environmental permit which will fix the final technical characteristics of the project, each project will submit an individual notification with a business plan to the Commission. Based on the respective business plan, the Commission will assess individually the specific level of operating aid. Under the second phase of the scheme, aid will be granted through open and competitive auctions, which will be organised as of 2025, and the reference price of projects will be fixed based on the respective bid. The scheme has a total maximum budget of 22.5 billion euros and will run until 2030. The world has a viable pathway to building a global energy sector with net zero emissions in 2050, but it is narrow and requires an unprecedented transformation of how energy is produced, transported and used globally, the International Energy Agency IEA, said in a landmark report released last week. Climate pledges by governments to date, even if fully achieved, would fall well short of what is required to bring global energy-related carbon dioxide emissions to net zero by 2050 and give the world a chance of limiting the global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius, according to the new report, Net Zero by 2050, a roadmap for the global energy sector. The IEA says the report is the world's first comprehensive study of how to transition to a net-zero energy system by 2050 while ensuring stable and affordable energy supplies, providing universal energy access and enabling robust economic growth. It sets out a cost-effective and economically productive pathway, resulting in a clean, dynamic and resilient energy economy dominated by renewables like solar and wind instead of fossil fuels. The report also examines key uncertainties, such as the roles of bioenergy, carbon capture and behavioural changes in reaching net zero. In the near term, the report describes a net zero pathway that requires the immediate and massive deployment of all available clean and efficient energy technologies, combined with a major global push to accelerate innovation. Pathway calls for annual additions of solar PV to reach 630 gigawatts by 2030 and those of wind power to reach 390 gigawatts. I'm afraid that's all we have time for today, but do tune in again next week for more of your latest project finance news and analysis.